This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Monday, August the 1st, 2016. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour, where we deliver economics with attitude. The news to disturb the comfortable, where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. And what is our mission? Well, what we provide is gold and silver, and you simply have access to it. You can give us a call at 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Wendy's here today. Take your phone calls, answer your questions, walk you through your orders. Or go check us out online at allamericangold.com, where it's as easy as point and click. Not only can you look at the products, but again, you can get that news that disturbs the comfortable. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner, second-generation man of the family, taking over, well, he's taking over, holding everyone accountable, trying to figure out what is it and why is it the way it is. Joe Jaquin, how are you today? Happy Monday. It is Monday. I don't know if you can use that, those two words together. Happy Monday? Happy and Monday. I don't know, man. I don't think I'm pretty can. happy today. <laughs> it's overcast today. We have a it is rain. overcast. We had a little rain this weekend. It is so welcomed here in the valley. You know, uh, I got this throat tickle. I don't know why they call it a tickle. I call it should be called what it is an annoyance. A throat right. annoyance. A throat annoyance is what I have going on. I think that's what they call a pain in the neck. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's the pain Maybe in the that's neck. What it is, uh, throat annoyance. Kids are getting ready to go back to the classroom, man. Is well, that my, an my my oldest uh, started their football camp, for lack of a better word. They actually move into the gym, and they live in there for a week. The all the sophomore, juniors, and seniors, and. Man, that's going to be a smelly place. That's all I can say. Let, let me tell you something. We sit here and talk about how poor all these schools are and how they don't have money and financing. I read in the paper uh, that Paradise Valley, that Pinnacle Peak, Boulder Creek, all of these teams take their football teams to California for a football camp, and we're all broke is what it's we're called saying. Booster Club. Whatever, man. That just uh, to me, I'm like, don't you have a football field? Isn't that why you build those things? I just don't understand why they got to go to a camp and do bonding. Okay. We have a bond. Okay, you can't bond at bonding. school. You can't bond in your hometown. When we well, were kids, know, listen, when we, we were kids, we, did we not, didn't get that stuff. We didn't go on a trip. The the football team didn't go on any trip and said they get to bond in our own gymnasium. Uh, but 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 nonetheless, you're right. School is how wow, it's hard to imagine. It's going to be starting here a couple weeks. I don't even think it's a couple weeks. I well, think, yeah, I think teachers actually, are already uh, yeah. There. When kids actually physically start going back to class here in the next, uh, I think every, put it this way: within the next three weeks, everybody's back in school here in Arizona. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier. Did you see this thing where some guy? I, and I think it was a guy. I don't know. Maybe it been a, uh, a a lady that did this, but jumped out of a perfectly good airplane into Without a without a parachute into a net into a net. And we're not talking. Uh, I mean, we're talking. I watched this multiple times. Twenty five thousand, thirty thousand feet up, and this guy jumps out of a plane. And 
Why not? Why not? He does it. And I am telling you, they built this net that he lands into. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the size of three city blocks. This right, the mile long train. there. And, and he almost ca- missed that. Well, right? he caught the edge and rolled in. But well, it was, it was uh, I would tell you, it was pretty spectacular to watch. It had your uh, you know heartbeat thumping there. I just can't imagine. Honey, this is what I'm doing today. Give me a kiss. I'm off to work with my lunch bucket. <laughs> and how do you make money doing that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know, but I will tell you there were people sitting in the stand. It, like, I'm, it I'm was gonna, fascinating. I'm tell you right now, that's kind of like buying the stock market. Might as well just do that. Instead. Jump out of a plane. Jump out of a plane and without a parachute and, and land into a net. Uh, you know, it's something, I'll tell you, really, I don't know if it's the sign of the times, if it's something where maybe it's always been this way, but it sure feels like it's been getting a lot worse. Anytime you try to call up your financial planner or the administrator of your IRA or or maybe he's got some type of a money market account or whatever it is and you try to tell him that you want him to send you some money for you to buy some gold, it's amazing. The last three weeks, we've had a lot of people, and very I'll tell you right now, a lot of smart people out there understanding the time is now to get ready. And they're talking to me, they're talking to Wendy, and they're saying you know, that more than one person has said to me that their financial guy called them stupid. I don't know. I'll tell you right now. My financial guy called. I'd fire him. Right. He'd be fired immediately. Tell you what. I was going to take a little bit. Now I'm taking it all. That's how stupid I am. But I, it's amazing. And they'll sit there and they'll try to talk you out of it. I'm going to tell you right now. I've, I've talked to at least, at least half a dozen people in the last two weeks where they either flat out said they were scared or they, they they gave me enough clues to, to to let me know that they were scared to actually call them. You know, because they've obviously they've done this in the past. And have been belittled and, and, and made fun of or told that that's a bad idea or whatever it may be. And, and uh, Well, you know that the financial planner, the minute you take that money out, he loses commission. He's not making money on that money that you have in gold. He doesn't make commission on your gold. I'm going to tell you. USA Today. Okay. You need to do it. You need to man up. You need to get tough. And you need to do what you need to do. I'm going to tell you about the USA Today and just how big of an exodus is really happening. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Double J and the Love Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. And, you know, we've been focusing a lot lately on IRAs and talking about making sure you're ready. And I think a lot of people have been starting to maybe pay attention and starting to look at their IRAs and their investments and realizing a lot. You know what? It's amazing to me is how many of the people 
have called to say, you know what, I'm still not back from the financial crisis. You mean from the housing market crash right, in 2008? The housing crash yeah. and the financial crash. I'm still not back. I, I, I'm not as bad as I was, but I'm still not back. Yet, there's all-time high. And then you sit there and you start thinking about, you know, because the, there's really no way around it. And then people talk about it, but, I mean, really, the vast majority of you, you're paying 2% a year. Every year. And they're trying to, you know, the funny thing is, and I love these guys, oh, the, the, the markup, the, the commissions, and I mean, we're, we're single digits here. In most cases, low single digits. And when you look at that and you think about, you know, you spread that out over five, ten years, you're paying 10, 20 percent in fees. And then you start looking at your accounts and they never perform the market. But the the USA Today was talking about money flows out of U.S. stock funds. Despite new highs for the market, many continuing to bail. As a matter of fact, you know, it really kind of goes with what I was saying because we, you know, we've had so many people. I bet you two, three, four people a day requesting rollover information on IRAs that they, they went through all of 2016, week by week. So they said through July, we've had 27 or 29 weeks, I guess. Well, I guess they've done the last 29 weeks. 27 out of the 29 weeks, domestic stock funds had net outflows, with the biggest being the very last week in July, where they sent out over $10 billion dollars came out of the equity market. Matter of fact, for July as a whole, over $25 billion left Wall Street. They say, blame it on the fear of stocks at record levels, lousy fund performance. I don't know how many people have said to me that exact same thing. Uh, they say it's at record highs, but I, I'm not getting anything. I lost money. Or I, I have exactly the same amount that I had this time last year. Brexit, fallout, the rise of cheaper exchange-traded funds. We'll talk about exchange-traded funds in a different show, but it says 2016 domestic stock mutual funds suffered net outflow in 27 of the 29 weeks. And they say that the lousy performance of actively managed mutual funds, now these ones pay even higher fees. This is when you're paying a guy exclusively to what, trade for you, right? Like he's got some big inside information, right? Like the guys that they put out on the television, these are the what they call the, the stock pickers. It said that the uh, that the three reasons scared, right? Scared of the world of uncertainty, and I don't like that word scared. Why is it that if 
you make that decision that you know what it's awfully risky place to be right now why do they call that scared instead of smart wouldn't that be a more uh, appropriate word investors are being smart in a world that is uncertain well it's all adjective scared wouldn't they say cautious couldn't they say passive it's, it's all how you market. It's all the fear-mongering that they have out there to make sure you, know, you stay put. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, and I want to say, you know what, I used the USA Today last week as they wrote some ridiculous article uh, about gold, and they talked to these some of these fund managers that are losing all of this money for everybody. And and they they talk about people that buy gold, it's almost cult-like. And really, the only cult-like people out there are the ones that are out there saying that you shouldn't own it. That's the cult-like mentality when they say, nope, that is the only thing you should own. Because remember, that's what it, when, you're, when you buy stocks, when you're investing in your 401k or a mutual fund or an IRA, don't, don't misunderstand it. You're essentially buying debt. When you're buying a stock, you're buying debt. A stock issuance is really a company issuing debt and paying you hopefully some form of return on it. Now, the funny thing is, when they talk about, you know, one of the things that they also like to talk about, oh, well, it's expensive. Buying gold and physically taking possession of it. Yeah, there's a cost to it. That's a one-time cost instead of a 2% a year deal. Whether they make you money or not. But one of the things that, that people don't realize, you look at the, the P.E. ratios today, and, and what a P.E. ratio simply means is if a stock earned a dollar, what would you pay to own a share of that company? In other words, how much over the dollar would you pay? Now, this ought to tell you the, the kind of, of risk that Wall Street has become. Because the long-term average, right up until the, the 90s, was about 8 8 to 10. And that really wasn't that outlandish. Right? Think about all the pension funds that were out there. All of them had their funds at that time at, you know, hey, we're, we're anticipating 8 to 9% annualized return. Think about the Fed's fund rate. The Fed's funds rate probably averaged between 5 to 7% which been a 10-year note, yielded somewhere between 7 and 10%. Right? If you bought a CD at the bank, you got somewhere around 7 to 10%. For most of the 80s into the 90s, the 70s, the 60s, you had that brief period of where rates were got really high. But then in the 90s, it jumped. 
right? Part of the forming of the tech bubble. And it got into the teen, 13, 14, 15, 16. But right now, the the PE ratio, the the when you take like the S and P five hundred, when you take the broader index, you're looking at a PE ratio in the twenties. Now think about this: at a time when a ten year note <coughs> will only yield you not even one and a half percent. I don't even know that a CD had to be doing I don't even know if they sell CDs anymore. They probably do, but what do you get? Nothing? Half a percent? Something like that? And you're going to tell me that this other debt, debt instrument's going to yield you 20-some percent? But that's exactly what is happening, and this is why when people talk about I'm not getting any return, when I'm I, I'm not getting any bang for my two percent investment, and that's really the biggest reason why when nobody celebrates Dow or S and P at all time highs, that's why. Of course, a lot of that backed by what central bank buying, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your financial advisor, and if you are afraid, you need to change advisors. I mean, it's just that simple. You need to take charge and become your own Federal Reserve. We say that all the time. But don't be afraid to do what you know is right. Think about this Wall Street Journal today. The United States has had the weakest recovery since World War II. I didn't realize that. Well, 1949, we had the, the recovery right after World War II, and then I guess we must have hit a little slowdown, and then we had a little recovery there in 1949. Here's what they're talking about. And this is really what actually makes sense. Declining business investment. You know, it used to be when a company had a stock offering, you know what it was used for? To build stuff. Hey, General Motors is going to sell... 50 million shares or whatever, you know, some outrageous number, and build a new factory in Detroit. Now, of course, anytime you see stock, most of the time it's used, what, to buy back their own stuff. Business investment is hobbling. An already sluggish U.S. expansion, rising concerns about the economy's durability. You know, it's funny how it changed after that bad GDP number, right? You read this a week ago, they have been saying, oh, the Fed's got rate hikes on the table. GDP, the broadest measure of goods and services produced in the U.S., grew at a seasonably and inflated adjusted annual rate of just 1.2%. So economic growth is now tracking at just 1% in 2016. We had eight-tenths in the first quarter. 1.2% in the second quarter. It says it's the weakest start to a year since 2011. When combined when the already downwardly revised readings for the first quarter, that makes for an annual average rate for the last year of just 2.1% growth since the end of the recession. 
think about this, so you go all the way back. Now, they say the recession ended, I guess, in, I don't know, 09. That's what they say. We know differently. But they said that's our growth rate for the last seven years. The weakest of any pace of expansion since at least 1949. Does that sound like all-time high numbers? Amazingly. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's amazing. It is, and it really, it really points to to what really has now happened here. We've got a bunch of financial engineering. We don't actually have real growth. We've got financially engineered growth. And then you start thinking about what were two of the biggest bright spots? Cars. My cars were great. And of course, we learned last week. Boy, they've hit the. They've kind of hit what? Hit the plateau. Ford and Fiat both said, "Hey, things, General Motors. All you know, they're all things have slowed here in the United States." Uh, and then today, uh, we had two pieces of economic data: U.S. construction spending, which was another one of the bright spots, fell for the third straight month in June. Spending on non-residential construction. Jumping by the largest amount this year, construction uh, spending fell six-tenths of a percent in June following declines in May and in April, according to the Commerce Department. Everybody was expecting a rebound in that number today. We didn't get it. Got gold higher this morning as well. Patriot Radio News Hour, halftime on a Monday. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. And as the days go, I'm getting more and more bullish about what's in store uh, for both gold and silver. You know, they want to do everything to get you to believe that interest rates are going to go higher. Right, they still talk about rate hikes, you know, on the table, not on the table. Now this morning, no rate hikes till September twenty seventeen and you know, it changes with the wind. Right? Every time there's a bad report, there's no rate hike. Oh wait, something good, okay, rate hike back on, now it's off, now it's on, now it's off. And it all came together for me this morning. And why I'm now saying, yeah, I, th- I really, it's off. Matter of fact, I think they're actually, while they're doing all of this talk about it's on, are preparing for it to be off. And really, it was three different articles. Neither one of them overlapping the other. In other words, all by itself, you're kind of thinking, well, I don't know what that quite means. And, and I'll just tell you what they are. So the first one was talking about, is the Fed preparing for negative interest rates? And the, the article talks about when Janet Yellen was testifying in front of Congress. Because twice a year, the head of the Federal Reserve must testify in front of the United States Congress. And in February... A member of Congress actually asked Janet Yellen, and probably one of the more astute questions, uh, if you've ever tried to sit through one of these things, it's a two-day deal. Uh, 
if you can get past all the butt kissing and and really the amount of I don't want to say limited intellect. I, I think that's a, a too harsh of a statement. But how about the members that are asking the questions and how little they really know about economics? Probably that that really is more true than anything, which makes it really hard to sit through. But one member of Congress asked Janet Yellen if the Federal Reserve had the legal authority to use negative interest rates in the United States. And her response was pretty simple. In the spirit of prudent planning, we always tried to look at what options we would have available to us either if we needed to tighten policy more rapidly or if we had to do the opposite. So we would so we would take a look at negative rates and the legal issue I'm not prepared to tell you we have been thoroughly examined at this point. Okay, right, she doesn't want to tell you. Now, she didn't say they hadn't. But let's be clear. She didn't say that. She said, well, I'm not prepared to tell you at this point if we have. But then she went on to say, I'm not aware of anything that would prevent the Federal Reserve from taking interest rates into negative territory. Okay, so that was her response in February. Then the next article that I, I had talked about what's happening to foreign governments' holdings of U.S. debt. Now, why would this be important? And when I first read the article, I actually didn't even save it into my paper. Because I'm like, ah, I know that, right? The Chinese are selling, the Saudis are selling, right? And everybody's having their own, everyone's got their own issue. But as I started piecing these things together, I went back and I actually saved it because I'm like, ah, this is another piece of the puzzle. Now, here's the one thing we know. They have all kinds of meetings, don't they? They have the G7 meetings, the G20 meetings. I mean, these central bankers pretty much are on the phone with each other, it seems like, on a daily basis. If the United States was actually in a rate-hiking mode, central banks would be buying the snot out of it. Because nothing's yielding any return. So if the United States was telling them, hey, listen, yeah, we're raising, we're going to raise four times in 2017. Central banks, foreign governments would buy the you-know-what out of Treasury bonds. Why? Because they know that they're going to go significantly higher and they'd make a bundle of money. But in fact, when you actually look at the data, not only are central banks not buying, they said that they've actually dumped over $47 billion. Now, this is only through May, because that's the, the longest. That's when the, they have all the data for it. So as of May, they've dumped 
$47 billion. They said uh, April alone they did $80 billion. May they did $47 billion. And they say that the reading of, of selling of U.S. Treasuries is the biggest number since 1992, which obviously tells me that privately, Janet Yellen's telling all these other, we're not raising. You're not going to make money getting U.S. notes. Matter of fact, you better get rid of them because we're probably going the other way. Right now, that would motivate somebody to sell. So now you have Janet Yellen saying, yeah, we have the right to use negative rates. I'm not going to tell you that we are or not, but we have the right. Prudent planning tells us that we need to talk about it. No central, no, no foreign central banks are holding debt. Matter of fact, they're all selling debt. But then this was the last piece of the puzzle. And it only operates, and I'm holding this up for Homer to see it. It's only in the little lower left-hand corner. Oh, they really right, headlined right, right. that, it's not they? a, It's not one of the feature articles. <laughs> okay? The latest big concern for U.S. Treasuries, J.P. Morgan Chase retreated from the mundane but crucial settlement rule in the $13 trillion U.S. Treasury market, posing now a fresh challenge for regulators seeking to bolster the market's capacity to withstand shock. Now, why would, why would J.P. Morgan Chase decide that they want to get out of the settling of U.S. Treasury? We're going to talk about that one next, Patriot Radio News Hour. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, and really starting connect to connect the dots. So today in the Wall Street Journal, buried in the corner, J.P. Morgan announced on July the twenty-first. So I'm already what ten days late on this news that they were going to exit settling of U.S. Treasury. In other words, they're not going to can't. Establish the price with J.P. Morgan, and they're they're leaving the settling of U.S. Treasuries. Here it is, thirteen trillion dollars. And let's face it, rapidly rising market, and they're going to leave it. It says that the announcement made July twenty first, completed by next year, now leaves only the Bank of New York Mellon. They are now the loan firm handling settlements of U.S. government debt. Having just one firm in the business of making sure traders deliver cash and securities as expected will pose, uh, I would say, a, a fresh test. Listen, that's incredibly risky. I mean, what if there's a problem at, at Mellon? I mean, we see these glitches all the time. 
when all of a sudden no one can settle U.S. Treasury debt? It says the market has come under certain uh, scrutiny since the financial crisis. Analysts are already worried that liquidity and the limited capacity of that liquidity to trade quickly without moving prices has been falling when the markets are coming under stress. In other words, every time there's a spike in stress, they're inundated with sell orders and they're having a hard time coming up with pricing. Now remember, we had the uh, Bank of Japan with their negative rates. We had their largest bank leave their treasury market. Now here in the United States, allegedly the safest place in the world, we're down to just one bank. And the reason is simple. They can't make any money. Now, would J.P. Morgan be leaving the Treasury business if rates were going higher? I don't think so. I mean, that's the way I look at it. And so now you're sitting there and you put all this together. And then I found this article, which we, you know, Puerto Rico has defaulted and everyone's pretending like it didn't happen. And then this article out of the AP this weekend. Attorney Santiago Mari sighed as he punched numbers into his calculator and saw the results. The value of his retirement account had dropped 75% due to the collapse in Puerto Rican bonds that made up much of his personal portfolio. He has long uh, abandoned plans for an early retirement and he's far from alone. You have a whole lot of Puerto Ricans who invested millions of dollars into bonds they're unable to sell. Think about that. You're holding them. You can't get rid of them. They won't let you sell them. It says, with hedge funds and Puerto Rico's troubled debt, individual investors owned an estimated $15 billion dollars and the overall $68 billion Puerto Rican debt market, many, and let's face it, all of them bought Puerto Rican bonds because they were exempt from state, local, and federal taxes. Right? That sound familiar to a lot of you people? Hey, you want to buy these bonds because you don't have to pay taxes on them. Now, right up until you can't sell them. They were widely considered to be the very safest. They made it sound like it was the last remaining Coca-Cola in the desert. That it was safe because it was backed by the government. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people finding out differently. And I think this is a reason why. This is a reason why you're seeing J.P. Morgan get out. Number one, we can't make money on it. Number two... Hey, that's a signal to our investors. Hey, maybe you don't want to start owning all this stuff. Right? I mean, you really start thinking about where are we headed, and, and you have to get ready for what is coming next. And, and just putting some pieces to the puzzle, it sure looks like to me what's coming next is we're going negative. Sure doesn't look like interest rates are going to be rising anytime too, and I and it looks like privately that's exactly what they're saying. I mean, why else? Why? I mean, if we were really raising rates 
foreign governments would be buying U.S. debt like that? I mean, because look at all the other debt out there. It's already negative. Right now you start looking at ours. I mean, if you really thought ours was going to run, wouldn't you be piling it in? Stockpiling. <laughs> Not selling between 40 and $80 billion a month of it, that's for sure. Uh, but that's what we have uh, going on right now. Uh, looking here at the markets before the final segment, Dow is down over 50 points. Crude oil is down a dollar fifty-eight. It's at forty dollars and two cents. The psychologically important forty-dollar mark is now in jeopardy, which has Wall Street going backwards. Gold's up three bucks at thirteen hundred and fifty-two. Silver's up over twenty cents this morning. Uh, up above $20.50 to the ounce. By the way, platinum on a tear, uh, platinum above $1,160 this morning. Another uh, double-digit rise in the price of platinum this morning as the Austrian Mint released it. And once a year, they release numbers. That's in, uh, well, at the end of July, so August 1st, they released they sold over 41 metric tons of gold alone. Almost a 50% increase from last year to this year in the Austri- Austrian Mint. Final segment on a Monday, our toll free number 800 951 If you're looking at rolling over your IRA or an old 401k, call us Wendy's here. She's an expert at it. Uh, She can help you. She's already done it for just an incredible amount of people already this year. Just give her a call at 800-951-0592. If you're looking at getting into the gold market this morning, just a fantastic opportunity uh, U.S. $5 Liberty Gold Pieces. These are the old quarter-ounce pieces, 1866 to 1907. $375 today. Uh, I've got a limited amount, about 100 of them. i got got 100 of them. They're $375, uh, which means if you bought four of them, it'd be 1500 bucks. the same price as... A $20 gold piece this morning. Uh, so any time, and it doesn't happen very often. This is the second time this year that it's happened where you can buy four or $5 gold pieces for the same price as a 20 Um And I'll, I'll say this, I don't know that, that it normally doesn't happen twice in one year, and we've actually gone several years where it hasn't ever happened at all. Uh, so take advantage of that U.S. $5 Liberty Gold pieces. They're $375 at 800 uh, Quick look here. Gold, again, up three at 1352 Silver is up 20, uh, about 21 cents right now this morning. Uh, as we reported earlier, the Dow is down about 50 points. The S&P uh, is down as well. U.S. 10-year notes 
uh, are also falling. Now the the yields, which had spiked above 1.5% when they were pretending that they were going to raise rates, is now uh, well below that, back into the 140s. Yeah, 148 right now on the 10-year note. German 10-year boons. Uh, they're negative one tenth of a percent. Japanese ten-year bonds, uh, they're negative point one four percent. And how long is it till we are negative? Uh, just finding out today that J.P. Morgan has left the U.S. settlement market in Treasuries, now leaving only Bank of New York Mellon. They're the only ones left. What happens if they decided they didn't want to do it anymore? I don't know. I'm just saying. It doesn't say in the article what would happen. It says that J.P. Morgan will continue to provide other services, like managing government bonds as collateral, but will no longer be involved in the settlement of Treasury securities. It says that the Treasury, however, is confident it will continue to settle and trade in the usual manner. Well, what else are they going to say? Right? Oh, well, you know what? Now uh, we're going to have a problem. One person said if they had a technical glitch, they asked the same question. What happens if the collateral can't be sent? Pretty interesting question. Patriot Radio News Hour. We live in interesting times, don't we? We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. Thank you.